Oi, both of you. What's Pumrika up to? Who? Pumrika. What's she up to? I don't know. Exactly. How about Morbius? You know what she's doing? I don't understand. Making clothes for anorexics. Right, not exactly a growth market. And master. You know what she's doing? Cool. Not even page six of the Daily Mail. And the doctor! Up to her eyeballs in lawsuits and sex tapes. Rassilon, on the other hand, has released three albums. The Death Zone. The Time War. And scream if you want to go faster. They'll all make your ears bleed. You see, when they're apart, they're absolute rubbish. But you put them together, they're the goddamn Time Lord. How do you know so much about the Time Lord? Look, the point is, we need each other. Why have you come here? Hello and welcome to another universe where we take characters from other science fiction and fantasy universes, drop them into the Vortex system and see how they'll do when dealing with Doctor Who and the various different incarnations and creations that exist therein. With me today is Michael Nixon of Game of Rassilon fame. Hello, hello. I have returned. Or this is the first time I'm here. Who knows? At, at this point, really, it's completely temporarily up for grabs when you're appearing. It's in so, the title. We know. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's a nice bit of temporal kismet there. I'm definitely here now. I can confirm that much. I'm sure I'm here sometime. But yeah, we'll, we'll let Big Finish figure it out. There's a, there's a lot of room for box sets. I tell you, if we if we pause now for two seconds and leave a big finish gap. There we go. That was the War Michael box set. It's right in there. You've you've had so many adventures mm-hmm. and podcasts in between there. I can't even tell you. I mean, you've changed. I've had like 12 wanna... companions. I'm in a blue coat now. Um, I don't yeah. Wanna, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to spoil it for the listeners, but but my God, what you have been through. I'm, I'm four different actors now. It's incredible. They cast like a kid. It's 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 very strange. It's bizarre. It just, yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't want to look at you too much in case that causes another and y- your voice goes high pitched and we have to start again with the recording. So I am now the Scorpion King. Uh, wait, hold on. Um, Man alive. Michael Nixon's Valyard is the Scorpion King. You should know that. <laughs> I think my Valyard is, uh, I've stated it's Zane Tanner from one of our episodes who's a, uh, a SoCal uh, tech psychopath he's, that sounds like he um, might be the valiard's valiard to be honest so. yes he's definitely my valiard he's he's if i had just enjoyed my marketing job instead of having a soul yeah oh there you go but obviously in the big finish gap you may have lost and regained your soul you may have multiple souls now we, we just don't yeah know. we bumped into each other there's a good me called the lumiat look i'm i'm actually saying specific things big finish has done there's just so much weird stuff <laughs> David Warner is a parallel universe me. We, we can uh, confirm don't, don't worry about it. that there is a good Michael Nixon somewhere out there now in the cosmos. So there's got to be statistically, yeah. So yeah. Right. So today, if you couldn't tell from that tangent, obviously we're going to be covering the character Billy Butcher from the TV show The Boys. 
the clues. Yeah, we built up to that smoothly, didn't the, we? The clues were there. I mean, that was a seamless segue. Uh, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about Billy Butcher before we go off on another tangent and Billy Butcher regenerates? Yes, although that would be... Would it be DeForest Kelly? We can get into that later. Um, uh, first of all, I, I think we were both... We, we should definitely say spoilers, big spoilers, spoilers. We'll be spoiling things. So if you haven't watched The Boys, uh, uh, oops, you should, you should do that. Uh, I did it recently, which is why I suggested... Uh, Billy Butcher, uh, partially for the show, because I think he's a real potentially kind of game-breaking character for the Doctor Who system. He's very focused on fighting. He's very kind of action-first, which is kind of like literally antithetical to sort of how scenes are put together and how the game runs. So I think he'd be a great element of chaos in a Doctor Who game, um, and also like bumping Doctor Who into the world of the boys could be very fun slash tragic mm. slash funny uh, it's as the boys is yeah we're definitely um, going to unpack that later on um, I think we should also add that you've retroactively patterned your facial hair after Billy Butcher played by Carl Urban in the TV show yes it's true I think everyone should uh, beards are great uh, they make very clear where your jawline is uh, and when you have a, a weak neckline like me it's, it's really useful to do it's a good idea it's like a it's like a uh, the uh, the black line outline in a in a comic book or cartoon. It's very useful. Well, there you go. And we've now established why we're doing Billy Butcher, who I think, looking at his photo now, could be your Valyard. Uh oh, I wish. Um, maybe I'm his Valyard because uh, I just sit on a couch and like don't, I don't know, jump fences and like do stuff. And I don't know. At least in the TV show version, be be a pretty reasonable guy. The comic version is like a an out and out psychopath, which yeah. is a, a big difference. So, and again, reiterating the spoiler alert and clarifying, mm. we are covering the television version of Billy Butcher. We will at some yes. point come on to the comic book version. There aren't huge differences, but there are significant differences, um, and some of those will be spoiled during this conversation. So, yes. um, Mike, you came to The Boys predominantly through the TV show, yeah? I'm strictly a TV show uh, a viewer. I haven't read the comics uh, yet. Um, and I only recently really watched the TV show. So, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm a... If we're doing the, you know, how did you get into this for The Boys, it's really just... Um, the show and I've got to say I really dig it I think the cast is terrific um, from what I've heard of the differences from the comic book I like how the TV show has heightened the danger for the boys but also really amped up kind of their skills I know one of the things that you and I have talked about is that in the comics Butcher is a Royal Marine which is more sort of a grunt kind of soldier type uh, whereas in the TV show they've they've really amped him up to be like an S tier operator SAS CIA guy like he's He's super cool and extra good with murder. And you're like, all right, cool. That's great. Um, because TV, I think, is a, a lot of the time, particularly in television, you want to see people who are like the best at what they do. You want like a, a bunch of Wolverines. So, you know, it, it makes sense. Can to, I just ask, up. do you mean Wolverine as in the X-Men or do you mean Wolverine as in Wolverines from Red Dawn? I realized as I said that, but I, I, I mean Wolverine from the X-Men. But it would be really funny if you had the the Wolverines from Red Dawn, but they were all various Logans from the X Men, and then just like I guess one X twenty three in there. 
They're from or a maybe particular two or three X twenty threes in there. She's pretty great. Um, Every, everyone's then, called Logan, but like Logan Jones, Logan Smith, Logan Tompkins, Doc and Logan. Yeah, there you go. They gotta get everybody in there. Laura Logan. Laura Logan's pretty good. She should consider that. No anyway, um, but yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, in the team, it, in the TV show version, it seems like you know everybody's like the best at what they do including Huey, who's like the best at being Huey, hmm. for lack of a better way of putting it. No, I know. He's, he's, he's the everyman. He's the entry point. So, whereas I, I've read all the comics, I'm a huge fan of the comic series, which is significantly different from the TV show now. So, I suppose I'll be yeah. providing most of the baseline comparisons and what have you, but you come to it fresh, which is a really handy perspective to have. Because I'm, I'm a jaded old, gnarled boys veteran now. Should have phrased that better. Um, so we've got two different perspectives, which is great. So, um, yeah, so um, as you said, he's, uh, you know, um, an SS guy. Do you want to run us through his history just briefly? Yes, here, let me take us through the, the, the history segment. A former member of the British Special Forces turned vigilante, Billy Butcher is as charming as he is cunning. He's a force of nature who can talk almost anyone into anything, either through a smile or brute force, or sometimes both. He's consumed by one mission in life, to destroy superheroes, or soups. But this this personal vendetta is driven by his hatred for one soup in particular, Homelander. Butcher's determined to get revenge on Homelander no matter the cost, and he won't let anyone or anything stand in his way. Butcher is a former member of the SAS and was trained by Colonel Grace Mallory, who is awesome and is played by like an excellent actress who keeps showing up in things I'm watching. Um, <laughs> anywho, he's, he's an expert hand-to-hand combatant. Uh, Butcher's a great fighter. He was able to fight Translucent, who's like an invisible guy, for long enough for Huey to improvise a way to blow him up, um, or incapacitate him, rather. He's an expert marksman. He demonstrated really good shooting he had like that crazy giant Serga 50 cal rifle for on the top of a car and like like bean starlight twice in the chest from a distance. There are there uh, are some is, some people have speculated that Butcher might be it's a bit tedious a tedious theory, but I'll drop it in that he might be superhumanly good at that stuff and he might actually you know, the basic thing they could do is the ironic twist of he turns out to be a soup, but you know. They've had so many chances to reveal that, though, that it would be weird to, to do it now. I, I honestly thought at the end of season one, when he survived, I'll just say he survives an explosion. Um, I thought that was them revealing like he was super durable. But at this point, it would be it would be a cheat, mm. I, I think. Mm. Um, although at the same time, I'd be like, cool. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, back on the expert marksman thing, there, there's also, he, that time he held a baby soup, uh, and was able to aim a child's heat vision at various guards. So he's got just incredible. It's a unique skill to have baby aiming. He's, he's good. He can really make any weapon go where he needs it to go. Even if that weapon is a child. Mm. <laughs> Um, he's also got a great intelligence. Uh, he's been described by Homelander himself as very smart. He hid Translucent's remains in a box composed of zinc, the only material Homelander cannot see through. Um, he can think of strategies like that on the spot. He's really good at sort of MacGyvering together a really solid plan very quickly, um, to the point where I-, I thought it was cool that in the sort of zinc box he set up, he knew it would be found, and he put a message in the box to like further unsettle his enemies. Like he's always working at sort of a psychological level um, on top of just, you know, blowing stuff up. 
Yeah, he's he's fantastic at game theory. He's, yeah. Yeah, which which helps with the next thing, which is you know he's an expert leader. Uh, Butcher's a great leader. He united the boys. He inspired them to achieve their goal of eliminating the seven. Uh, I also think part of being a great leader is knowing a terrible one in Homelander and sort of being able to take apart quote unquote Homelander's team um, with that knowledge. He's he's really good at like leading and controlling people, like understanding people and. Doubly so because he's he's not nice to be around. He's no, not, he's, he's not a nice guy. He's a, he is a tool. He's a big bag of tools, and people still cleave to him and follow him. Yeah, he's dressed like a boogaloo boy, and he's literally got a piece of duct tape holding a coat together. But people are still like, "We need this guy to lead us." He's he's all we got. Can, can um, I ask you to explain what a boogaloo boy is, please, for the people who might not know? Oh yes, uh, it's it's one of our latest. Uh, insane militia movements here in the in the states um it's inspired by a, a dreadful joke about uh civil war ii electric boogaloo um so these these nerds walk around with their guns holding uh, uh holding their guns dressed in hawaiian shirts um and protecting various businesses and you know <laughs> Uh, multi-billion dollar corporate buildings at uh, during you know uh, uh, rallies or, or protests because they have to you know defend the honor of businesses it's like boys you've got it all you got it all screwed up in the brain pan there mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's, it's you know I, I appreciate that Billy Butcher is bringing the Hawaiian shirt back to the side of good I mean um, I'm not pro-war but if, if America does have a second civil war and it's fought by breakdancing. That would be great. That, I would be all be about that. Yeah. Yeah. If we could do it. Yeah. If it was like, um, if it was like the TV, the TV show Legion and we could have like a mindscape dance off to solve all of our problems. I think yes. that would be better. I also generally. think you've just named our next, another universe character to do. David Haller. Mindscape dance off. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Legion would be very cool. Cause he's be- tricky. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. And so did we. That'll be the next one. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, one of his skills is going to be excellent hair if we do the comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I guess back to Billy. Yeah. Um, the, the, the last two skills here, which I think are, are kind of intrinsically connected, at least in, in terms of his character with sort of his intelligence and his leadership skills, are, are deception um, you know, Butcher was able to make a criminal think he was a police officer and gain entry into a club. Um, Butcher's able to, on the spot, really quickly deceive people and sort of turn them to his needs or turn those people's, like, turn what they think their needs are into something that works for Billy. He's so good at that. Um, and, and the next is, you know, manipulation, which is intrinsically connected I think with deception you know he's able to harness Huey's desire for vengeance against A-Train and the soups um, and, and turn him into one of the boys you know it was effectively use Huey to bring the boys back together um, to, to capture and kill Translucent and then you know from there work on getting rid of the rest of the seven I mean he's he's darkly inspiring yeah he's 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 like what's that crazy line from mission impossible like he's he's like a sheer force of will or something well that's john wick but um he's anyway he's baba yaga um, but for soups yeah <laughs> yeah he's baba yaga so okay right so um now we're going to go through his uh various stats and skills so you can drop him into any of your games 
Uh, again, the trading card will be available on the blog. Um, so let's let's run through them. So his first stat awareness is four, which puts him at the level of basically Captain Jack for want of a comparison. That's kind of clear. He's a military man. He has to be aware of his surroundings. He's not superhumanly aware, but he's you know very perceptive and good at his job. Yeah, it's above average. Um, and the book describes it as quick to notice when there's something wrong. And I think Billy's generally, if something's about to pop off, he's like, oh, oh no, oh no. Like he, he sees it, you know. And that's when his improv gene kicks in and he comes up with a plan on the fly. Yeah, he's a, he's a real pro of the yes and. That You're not wrong there. <laughs> um, he would the make a killing kill. on whose oh. line is it anyway. Who's yeah, he'd be incredible. Whose soup is it anyway? Oh, I'd love Billy Butcher on a panel show. Get him on a good British panel show. You know, get him on uh, Mock the Week. I think uh, yeah, Billy would absolutely. be a star. Well, remember, um, there's that bit in season one where everyone's leaving and he says, what's happening with Posh Spice? And he does that whole bit off the top of his head about the Spice Girls. No one cares about the Spice Girls as individuals, but together. And he gets them all to turn around. And that's just, he 23 skidoos that off the top of his head because he's aware that he's, what's going on and bang. Anyway, let's move on because I don't want to, want to talk about the Spice Girls on this podcast. <laughs> I think Billy has said all that needs to be said about the Spice Girls, and very succinctly too. Uh, it's, it's an amazing bit. You're totally right, uh, and it again it shows he'd be killer on a panel show. He's got mm. he's got the uh, the pop knowledge. Um, what's that one where you have to like to guess the song? He'd be great on that one. Um, we had a show in England years ago called Name That Tune. And you had to name a tune in as few be- uh, beats and uh, as possible. And so the, that might be what I'm thinking of. The classic Can line I... was, "I'll name that tune in one." And so, th- th- this is going to be the longest episode ever. <laughs> oh no, it's still going to be Santa Claus. Uh, let's let's tuck into the next attribute. You're totally yeah. right, though. Uh, he's got a coordination of four, which is again above average. Um, you know, hand-eye coordination better than I could ever dream of. Great reflexes, um, and you know, again, this—I uh, don't think we've, we've mentioned it yet—but I brought up the the stat sheet for the brigadier for comparison, mm. and the brigadier has flat fours across the board, sort of general um, above-average skill, uh, which I think is is good for the you know the, the quote-unquote average grunt we were talking about. Uh, but for for butcher, some of the skills are going to go a little above standard because he's demonstrated kind of peak performance uh, skills. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think coordination is is good and above average. He's he's quick. He's fast. He's amazing at you know uh, setting up and sighting and shooting in an instant. So that takes great coordination. Yeah, and that puts him at the same level as the tenth Doctor. If you want a kind of Hmm. comparison so and the the 10th doctor was always running around all over the place and doing various things he was a very physical doctor so that that kind of works you could really um chuck a satsuma with deadly accuracy exactly you know and and fittingly both of them are no second chances kind of guys so very true they love a good coat that's also also very true yes yeah we we Mm. get into that segment later so that's a Butcher or the Tenth Doctor would probably be better friends than either of them would like to admit. Mm. Um, we'll, well, see. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, for ingenuity, again, uh, we've given uh, Billy a four, uh, which is above average. He's, you know, in the book they say a university graduate, though I don't know if Billy's necessarily been to uni. 
School um, of life. But, he's a school of life guy. Yeah, he's a real school of hard knocks guy. That's true. Yeah. Um, but he's been through, you know, SAS training. He's worked for the CIA. That requires, excuse me, uh, that requires the ability to, you know, acquire skills and deduce uh, clues and figure out stuff. The book says, you know, possibly some natural talent, which I think is is reasonable for Billy. It seems like he's he's just he's, he's whip smart he's, yeah street smart whatever sort of cliche you want to put on it as, as mm-hmm. Blackadder said he graduated from the school of hard knocks and he got a degree from the university of getting the crap beaten out of me so <laughs> exactly you know. yes and that, that puts yeah. him uh, this is going to sound a bit strange it's kind of fitting but also not fitting but his ingenuity is the same as a Jadoon captain so Huh. The image I mean, works, sense. yeah, because the military aspect of it. But also, mm-hmm. I don't really think of Jadoon as being particularly savvy that much. But but in terms of just raw brain power, he's he's up there. So that's the trick of the Jadoon, though. They have to be able to solve crimes. You know, that's they solve true. mysteries and stuff. So that's true. they have to have that. And the book specifically notes, you know, uh, the handbook mentions kind of detective clue gathering skills. So Very it makes true. sense. Yep, um, the, the it's, but it's not solve- something I would expect. They solve clues. They solve crimes by tattooing people and charging into places. But and, yes, and, I don't know and, if we've necessarily seen them at their best. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think so. We've only seen the the runs of the litter, like the Ogrons. All the other Ogrons are like from Harvard, but the ones we've seen in the show are like you know, the ones that didn't get Man. get scholarships. Clearly. Now I really want to see like what's what's Jadoon SVU or like Jadoon Major <laughs> Case Squad. What's Jadoon Criminal Intent? I want to see that one. Uh, J- J- JCIS. <clears throat> Yeah. J- J- JCIS. Uh. <laughs> yeah, JCIS New Orleans. That would be, yeah. Uh, you got Scott Bakula as a Jadoon. Oh, that'd be pretty good. That would be good. Uh, anyway. We're writing too um, many shows. We need to. Let's, let's yeah, we gotta get back onto onto this show. I gotta get back onto your show, man. I was gonna say, we need to write. Don't worry. When you, when you tune into uh, Wibbly Wobbly, Dicey Wicey After Dark, we'll be discussing all of this. JCIS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, presence so of the six. Next, yeah. Yes, presence of six, uh, which is awe inspiring, regarded with respect. People want to be with them, which is again, I think, perfect for Billy. People, people need him, and they don't want to. Like mm. it's he's got such a he's so weirdly magnetic. Yeah. Um, In spite of yourself, you are drawn to him. He's got that kind of yeah. dark energy. Yeah. He's like both poles of a magnet at once. It's uh, and, very interesting. And um, this puts him. Uh, very clearly it gives him the same presence as the Brigadier this is the older Brigadier not young Brigadier you know the Brigadier that Ah, everyone loves so again completely opposite poles of respect but the same effect Uh, and the easy way to sort of test this visually really is when you see a scene with Billy Butcher and the Homelander next to each other you still notice Billy Butcher and the Homelander is basically you know he's evil Superman he's a god whatever you want to wrap around him adjective wise you still notice Billy Butcher and you're still drawn to Billy Butcher I think that's the sort of really quick visual shorthand you can do to say yep that's a presence of six because I'm sure we'll do Homelander at some point and we'll have to figure out what's his presence as well and why yeah definitely I think yeah I'd I'd consider putting Homelander down to a five we'll get there when we get there we'll get there when we get there yeah um, for resolve, uh, uh, Billy's at a six as well, which v- I think very hilariously the book notes is a paragon of virtue, morally <laughs> immovable, and able to resist almost any temptation or fear. And Billy's a paragon of something. I'm mm. pretty sure it's not virtue. Mm. Um, he's definitely he's morally immovable um, to to a point. 
though he is able to, at least in the TV show, find sympathy for, um, you know, uh, uh, his son slash Homelander son. Um, big, 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 big spoiler. Um, but, you know, I don't think the Billy Butcher of the comics would particularly care about a soup boy, um, even if that, that kid was connected to his wife, you know. I think you'd, you'd, you'd have a very hard job of directly converting the comics Billy Butcher. Again, we'll, we'll cover that in more detail mm-hmm. in another episode, but that dehumanized him a bit. Yeah, it, it, Billy Butcher's kind of like the... Yeah, he's kind of like the patron saint of Bother Boys, you know, um, in, in many ways. Like you said, he's morally inflexible to a point. You know, he's almost, not to get too philosophical, but he's like a Kantian uh, duty... Avatar almost to a point because he is willing to bend right at the end to an extent I guess but if you want to know what his resolve translates to in Doctor Who terms he's got the same resolve as Davros okay and when you consider what Davros has been through just to stay alive you get an idea of Billy Butcher's resolve there I guess yeah Davros is not particularly a paragon of virtue either so no true but it's his ability that's the sort of sheer will hanging on yeah fighting back mentally kind of um well you know i'm sure you'll know what resolve is if you're listening to this podcast so <laughs> they don't give up no Just don't know how um and then for the 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 last uh, uh one of these we got a strength of four which is stronger than the average human which is again you know that that maps with the classic third doctor brigadier um or you know i, I think it it makes sense for for billy he's again strong he's fast but he's not necessarily, you know, the human peak. He's he's gotten a bit older. Yeah, and he's as strong as Captain Jack, which is about right. Captain Jack's not super strong. Yeah, so that checks out. Yeah, I uh, recall Captain Jack doing some like climbing up a rope at some point, which matches with stuff Billy's done. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Twelve story points, tech level of five, twenty first century, obvious reasons. He's an Earth human. You know, nothing needs to be unpacked there really. So, um, uh, Michael, kick us off with the skills, please. Yes, uh, we start with an athletics of two, uh, which uh, uh, checks out. He's he's athletic, two. <laughs> yeah, there's not, nothing really to unpack there. He's he's fit and healthy, you know, but not superhumanly fit, obviously. And I don't mean that as a pun. But um, next, we've got convince of five. Um, as you told us earlier, uh, Mike, it's he's very good at persuading people and manipulating people to get what he wants and you could argue to get them in touch with what they really want to make them face the truth because I think he, he Billy does lie occasionally but not often at worst he tweaks the truth he massages it I think yeah and, and what's what's fun in terms of game mechanics is a lot of the time you'll be doing you know presence and convince or presence and resolve roles to change the narrative which means that you know whoever's playing billy can really turn a scene in any way they they want it to go which is kind of a dangerous thing but also a very funny potentially thing in the game particularly i think with billy you know things could be going perfectly well for the doctor and then who's that whoever's playing billy can nail a presence and uh, a convince role and just turn everything on a dime yeah and it's important to remember just from the tv show he's not he's not seductive you know he's not a seducer of people in the sense of well certainly not the opposite sex 
he's not a ladies man kind of a thing he he just he knows the buttons to push yeah you know he can sum people up he's a cold reader i think he makes yeah he's that's a perfect way of putting it yeah he's a great cold reader he makes you think he's got a great way of making you think that he's been your friend the whole time Mm. you know he's great at putting you on um which is yeah i think it's just a, a very um a very compatible skill with the Doctor Who RPG, considering generally he's like a, a punchy fight man. Yeah. But he's also a really slick talker, which, yeah, he's just got this great combination of stuff that I think would be fun to play. Um, and then the next is uh, a Craft, uh, which has got a two. Um, I, I think, you know, he's not necessarily going to, like, build a gun or build a boat, but he can certainly, he knows his way around any of those systems. Yeah, he's, he's got a soldier's level of skill in it, really. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we've got Fighting of Four. Again, he's a he's an expert fighter. He needs to be at least this good to take on the... the he's always punching above his weight, I think. It's important to realise this character. Well, that's what he's used to. We didn't give him an AOE because he's not really demonstrated any specific fighting style. He's uh, uh, He's a brawler in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is slightly incongruous given that he's an SAS guy and and the SAS guys are trained to take people out super fast with skill and well I, I hesitate to say grace but um, a better he's word still got that fine. street brawler background though. yeah yeah and that, that's like he can't his background, train that yeah. out of him exactly but yeah fight, fighting a four he's an excellent fighter he's a superb fighter so yeah I think if he gets his hands on a crowbar uh it's 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 a good reference to the show, but yeah, the things listed here for area of expertise are like unarmed combat, parry, block, sword, club. I don't think that really applies to him. He, no. he gets hit all the damn time. Yeah, it's true. He's true. But, <laughs> Most but, of the time, he's got blood coming out his face. Exactly. Again, punching above his weight. But mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, knowledge of three is what we gave him, which is uh, uh, I think pretty. It's it's pretty strong, but the area of expertise on soups and particularly Vought. Uh, the corporation that created sort of the, the, the various superhumans and particularly Homelander, um, I think is, yeah, it makes sense. His, he's very, very knowledgeable, particularly about the Seven. But when it comes to the, the rest of the world, he has, like, again, really strong pop culture knowledge. Like, he has specific recall of specific things, but it's not, you know, he's not like a, a scientist or, or like a, you know, quantum physics guy it's not really his vibe no and it's also not just their powers he knows their mindsets their history how they Mm -hmm. think that kind of a thing so it's an all-round area of expertise yeah yeah uh and then the marksman of four uh again makes perfect sense it's he's he's above standard skill for that by far um he's a great long distance like marksman um but also you know more than once he's one of those guys who like shoots the lock off a door which is not actually very easy to do um so yeah. it, it it he's got those like i don't want to say fine skills with a gun because that doesn't make any sense it's an explosion in a tube but like you know he's pretty good at pointing it he's yeah yep. he's got a good aim as you said earlier he's extra good with murder and that feeds into that yeah he's a real he's a real murder pro um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's <laughs> he's probably retained his amateur status for love of the sport, but you know, good good for him, I say. Oh, just really quickly, um, and this is probably me painting myself as an idiot, but I always thought when I was reading the comics, I always thought Vort was pronounced Vote because 
the comic the company's called Vought American. I always thought thought that the joke was the guy's name is Vote, but spelt differently. So it's Vote American. I always thought that was like a play on words in the thing. And it's only when the oh. TV show came out that it was Vought American. I thought, oh, I've been wrong all my life. Huh. I think that, hmm, that's very good. I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it, but I do, that's very funny. So, they yeah. should have done that. I really thought that was what it was. I really did. I thought, why make the name so close to vote and phonetically make it potentially sound like vote and then not have that vote American? But, you know. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, Medicine One, again, he's got basic field medical skills. Um, I think I would imagine, and this is a kind of headcanon, but I would imagine that he probably had quite high medical skills or at least better field medical skills early on. But in dealing with the soups, you're pretty much, if you get hit, you're dead. So his ability to keep people alive from minor wounds has probably atrophied a bit because of just the casualty rate must be astronomical with superheroes. So we've given him a medicine of one for that. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy whose idea of stitches is a tube of super glue. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Similarly, he's got a science of one because he, he's not... You know, I don't think he's mixing up test tubes in the garage. It's not really his vibe. Yeah, and whilst you said earlier he knew to use zinc to block Homelander's vision, he's probably got no idea why zinc blocks Homelander's vision. You know? Yeah, or how any of that x-ray vision stuff works. He, yeah, he yeah. just thinks it's all dumb techno babble. Exactly. Even though it's his real life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's on the verge of being self-aware he's in a comic book, but not quite. It's like he's in a comic. He knows he's in a comic book, but he hates comic books. Yeah, he's like a he's like a good Warren Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Uh, oh dear. Uh, um, Subterfuge of two. Again, this ties into his soldier days. He's he's got to be very good at hiding. They spoiler mm-hmm. alert again. Hide for most of season two. He knows how to stay off the radar and off of Homelander's ability to find things. So yeah. Yeah, he knows where the cameras are. He knows. You know, where he the always. Are, yeah. He always knows where the cameras are. Um, I think with him, the show, he doesn't ever seem to be surprised by like, oh, oops, I'm caught. Like it doesn't happen. Hmm. Um, uh, so he gave him a survival of four, which is again like kind of top, uh, top stuff. He's got survival training. He knows how to you know make do on his own, uh, and also uh, like you were just saying, you know, stay off the radar. Um, keep to himself keep safe and it's important to remember again whilst he doubled up on his super secret special service skills because he was in the SAS and then he mm. was his skills are topped up by or you know leached away I don't know by the CIA so he's you know he, he, he has been training in the art of survival and subterfuge etc his whole life practically yeah he's got that um, he's like Jack Reacher but more fun. A fun Jack Reacher. It's a fun Jack Reacher. Um, uh, all right, so Jack Reacher is capable of smiling. An enjoyable Batman. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, technology of, of three with an area of expertise in weapons, which I think makes very particular sense. You know, he's not, he's not really the tech hacking expert, but I think he knows his way around getting into like a, a password or whatever. But more particularly he's very good with with guns weaponry maintenance all that kind of stuff 
And I think he, he very much knows the right tool for the right job. Mm -hmm. yeah, which, which he has to know because he's dealing with things. Most of the weapons he's using will at best put down a suit for a little bit. But it's those crucial few moments that allow them to get away or complete their mission or what have you. So he needs to know exactly what to do. And also, I suppose, using the soups as, a, as another example, he knows what one he knows what weapons to use against soups who aren't super strong. For example, there's a character called Mesmer, mm -hmm. who who's a regular guy but can read your mind if he touches you. Well, again, you can put that guy down quite easily. Whereas when he shot Starlight, he knew the exact right weapon to use to knock her down, knowing it wouldn't hurt her too much, but would stop her kind of a thing. So he's he's good at gauging exactly what weapon to use at the right moment. Yeah, the right tool for the job, like you were saying. And then uh, uh, next up is a transport of three, uh, which, yeah, he's he can drive cars and vans and... I don't know if he's been on a motorcycle, but I, it would make sense for me. He's, he um, must be, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might, he yeah, must. similarly, if he, one. like... Yeah, and I, it's similarly, I could see him flying a plane if need be. Like, it doesn't... He's got, again, all that kind of training for... You know, I think even if he got in a helicopter for the first time, he could take a good look at the the console and like get that thing flying in a few minutes. He's got that kind of applied transport knowledge. Well, if he was in the SAS, then it's kind of required learning. He's got to be able to fly at least a helicopter. So, right. What am I thinking? Yeah, of course. He's got to have helicopter. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to have hands-on knowledge of all these various methods of transport. Yeah, so and plus, it, yeah, yeah. If you need a boat driven through a whale, he's your man. He's your guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right, so uh, let's move on to traits. Um, most of these are fairly self-explanatory, so we can probably whiz through these. Um, yes. Okay, attractive. Now, he's played by Carl Urban. Yeah, if you, that's... If you, if you need that unpacked more, you're, you're listening to the wrong podcast. You're out of your damn mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what a hunk. Now, one thing I will bring in here, though, is the comic book version of Billy Butcher does not get the attractive trait. I know we're not doing that character now, but I just want to bring that in. They have significantly leveled him up in terms of uh, facial appearance. Yeah. He's got real Garth Ennis lead face. He re yes. Uh, well in put. the comics. So, he, he looks, yeah, he's like Arse face before the shotgun blast. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, har that's harsh, but also basically <laughs> true. Yeah. They all look, you know, they all look like Frank Quitely drawings. They've all got kind of just squidgy faces. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. He's, but Carl Urban. Yeah. Um, lovely. A definite upgrade. Carl yeah. Urban looks like a Jack Kirby drawing. I thought you... He's a big, big, sexy trapezoid. I thought you were just going to say, for some reason, Carl Urban looks like Carl Urban. Like, no, I mean, no if that's also true, he does. Yeah. Like, nobody else looks like that. Come on. And it's true. Well, except maybe um, McCoy in those new Star Trek films. Yeah, but even he's, he doesn't have the beard. No, you know, that's if, true. Uh, uh, oh, God. If they busted out Disco McCoy... In like a Star Trek four with the collar and the big beard, I would lose it. Unless, of course, oh. Billy Butcher is Mirror Universe Doctor McCoy. Oh, this is something. Okay, we're gonna have to unpack this later. This is another one for um, another universe after dark. With, another uh, another universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, uh, adversary, uh, uh, Vault and Homelander. Kind of obvious. It's his raise on Dextra practically. So. Yeah. That's his. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, argumentative uh, again self-explanatory he's going to get into an argument just because it's fun yeah he doesn't back Can't down yeah yeah he doesn't know how yeah. um, major trait of brave which I think is uh, uh, it's obvious he's 
yeah, he's going to charge right in. He's not going to let anything stop him. He'll drive into a whale. I guess. Yeah. That his CV so far is extra good with murder. We'll drive into a whale. It's looking uh, like unstoppable. He is the he is the epitome of the you know uh, uh, unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. Like he's, 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 he's simultaneously both. Weirdly. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can be. Yeah, either depending on the situation. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, charming uh, as an as the next trait. Uh, as I think we've made very clear, he's he can charm people who hate him. He's, he's yeah. so good at it. It's it's amazing to watch. It's magnetic to watch. But it's the the thing is, you have to qualify that he's not charming like Prince charming. He's charming no. in the literal sense that he puts a spell on you almost and makes you do things you don't want to do. Yeah, he's so, he's he's if charming could be a bad or you know bad trait in the game. Yeah, he's got it exactly because he's charming you and you don't want it to work, but it is working. Mm. That is the the weirdness of this character. It's true. Yeah, the kind of magic of him. Um, and the next, uh, I think, uh, the dark secret uh, of his wife is is again like it's a raison d'etre for him. Um, you know, whatever his believed status of her is, and that changes over the course of the two seasons so far. Um, she's always a key motivation for him and is never something anyone wants to bring up. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's kind of the epitome of that dark secret. It, The mention of her can, can completely turn Billy again on a dime, like in a scene, in a moment. It's almost like three dark secrets in one as the series progresses, really. So whenever you're setting your use of Billy Butcher, the dark, the nature of that dark secret will change. So, Yeah, but it's always the, the, the fulcrum point of um, Becca, if I remember her name right, yes, is, is um, she's always present, you know, in Billy's mind. So specifying that, I think, is really yeah. smart. The... the, the Apropos of nothing, just for a little bit of detail and comparison, in the comics she's Becky, but in the TV show she's Becca. Hmm. No, really irrelevant detail, but just wanted to, you know. Blow your I can mind see up. why they do it, so it wouldn't be a Y on the end of her name in scripts. That's always a thing: is you want to keep names visually different. Uh, right. So I can see yeah. Billy and Becky getting confusing. Like not calling someone Clint in print as well. Yeah, you don't really want to do that. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's a different problem. Uh, but yeah, you want to avoid that. Uh, so next up, we got friends, the boys. Kind of obvious. Oh, yeah. I mean, really don't need to unpack that. They're his crew. They are loyal to each other. They love each other as much as they hate each other. I think it's probably fair to say, mm -hmm. in their way. But yeah, I think that's kind of obvious. The show's called The Boys. So. Yeah, I think within quote-unquote, the canon of the show. Like, Billy is less without the boys, and the boys are less without Billy. Well, they're, that, they're the Spice you know. Girls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. Damn it. Broke my own promise. It, he's right. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. We don't want him to be right, but he's right. They're he's the Spice right. Girls. Yeah, and he's just, uh, he has somehow, <laughs> on a meta level, charmed us now into doing that. That's exactly. Like, yeah. And his next, his next trait is indomitable, which, there you go. He is. Yep. He's indomitable. You don't, he will persevere, <laughs> even yeah. in the mind. You can't get rid of him. Now, you see that in the show. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, Lucky, to be honest, he's still alive. Yes. That really He doesn't get all. a lot of ones. He's not rolling a lot of snake eyes. No, Just exactly. not seeing it. 
Um, okay, the next one, Obsession, Kill Homelander. Pretty now, self-explanatory again. again. If Homelander shows up, he's laser beam focused. Whatever exactly. he's doing gets dropped. And the, the key here is, because he's got adversary of Vought and Homelander, now for Vought, um, you sort of need to unpack that as all soups. He regards mm. all soups as his adversary, but Vought is a nice shorthand for that. And Homelander is obviously his adversary, he's his arch nemesis. Um, but his obsession is to kill Homelander. He wants Homelander dead no matter what. There's, there's parts in the show where he could gain advantage if he was willing to give this up or give a little on that, and he won't. So killing Homelander is above and beyond just his general hatred of soups. Yeah, it's, it goes back to that raison d'etre thing we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. There's reason for being. Um, a major obligation uh, to the boys, again, you know, they're... They're in the in the parlance of the game. His friends, they're his team. He's got history with all of them, even Huey at this point. Um, yeah, it, it, he's just they are connected. Uh, yeah, they're intrinsically linked, and the show's called The Boys, so you know. Yeah, again, yes, yes. I keep <laughs> not making that point, and that is absolutely the strongest point to make. Yes, <laughs> he's in a show called The Boys. Yeah, it's not called Billy. Or Billy and the boys. It's the boys, and he is one of yeah. the boys. Um, uh, so the next... Now, not, not to be clear, but the next three traits, essentially, could be explained by saying he's alive. Quick reflexes, yes. he's alive. Run for <laughs> yes. your life, he's still alive. Sharpshooter, he's still alive. He's tough, alive. Actually, tough, he's still alive. Uh, veteran mm-hmm. of the boys. So veteran, obviously, is, is from the unit source book. It just shows his military experience. We put the boys in this because his specific experience with the boys is what stands out now. He's using yeah. all of his CIA and SA skills, but he has clearly learned a lot of extra skill sets taking on superheroes, which is a very different, you know, way of dealing with uh, an adversary. So, yeah, I would ex- I would expand depending on where you're setting this in the game to. I'd expand that to include like the the larger family of the boys too i.e. Mallory and, and Starlight but that's that's up to you and where you are you know hmm. the cannon uh, <laughs> and then the last yeah the last trait we have here is uh, voice of authority which is yeah I, why would Billy Butcher not have that trait that is a key trait for this character to have he can he can draw the entire attention of a room with a ridiculous speech again about the Spice Girls like he's he's unstoppable Oh, that's our third mention of the Spice Girls. Oh dear! It's such a great scene. When you br- once you bring it up, it's like okay, I don't want to spoil anything else. We could talk about the Spice Girls, the whale, like yeah. You just remember, if we say it two more times, they will appear in one of our places of, of residence. That's the rule. Um, that sounds fine with me. Uh, Spice Girls, Spice Girls. Ah, it didn't work. Okay. Um, yeah, you need darn. to bring up the whole scene, not just the Spice Girls. You need to bring up the whole scene. Okay, well that's one more for you. Yeah, well, let's let's wait until we get to the end of the episode before we risk, you know, because I don't know how many times we can mention Homelander before he turns up. So, oh no, that's right. Okay. So, okay, so now we're gonna go through, as is our idiom on this show, um, where Billy Butcher would fit in Doctor Who. Um, We're gonna run through all all thirteen of the Doctors, but for a change, I think we should start with Unit and Torchwood. Ooh, yeah. Because I feel like they're a more natural, organic fit right away. And also, I think 
I just want to see what you think about it, to be honest, because because I think it's... Okay, let's start with Unit, okay? Because they came first. I would, if I was going to drop Billy Butcher into the Doctor Universe, I would probably throw out the SAS and make him a unit, unit soldier, previously a unit soldier, because it gives him experience automatically of the weird and the uncanny, mm-hmm. gives him a reason to hate it already. And I, I don't know if this is me being a bit churlish, but I, I like the idea. I had in my head this idea that Billy Butcher got thrown out by the Brigadier for just giving him yes. for just giving him lip or whatever. <laughs> just you know, the, yeah. maybe the Brigadier was too merciful or whatever. I don't know, but I can just see it happening. Those two fighting because, as you said earlier, they're um, about him in the tenth. I think the Brigadier and Billy might be have a similar element to them as well in their heart of hearts because they're both Mm. at their core decent sorts you know they both want the best for humanity but in just different ways and i can see that rubbing each other the wrong way yeah i can see the class difference being a real like fulcrum of trouble between them too and also of course brigadier being scottish you know he's going to make some scottish insults that's going to happen yeah that's I mean, the, yeah, I think uh, as soon as you said unit, I was like, oh, like a young Billy Butcher. I, I always hate prequels or like young this character thing, but like, I don't know, like 80s era, like baby Billy Butcher with like old Brigadier and, and Bambera in unit would just be very fun. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a there's a there's there's potential there for a kind of like RPG sort of uh, spin off there. Incidentally. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the comics Wee Huey is Scottish and very Scottish and Billy Butcher does rip into him so there's material there already to draw from so you know if you don't want to write Perfect. your own dialogue it's, it's canonical yeah exactly so um, I can't uh, imagine then, him getting on with Bambera I just want to say I can't imagine him doing too well with Bambera I I would love to find out I would love to find out as well I can't deny that so um, when we get to Ace and, and the Seventh Doctor that would that would just be very fun yeah. too. Um, but, but moving on to, to, to uh, Torchwood, I think Captain Jack and the, and the team running into some kind of soup related issue and Captain Jack saying, Oh, I know a guy and Billy Butcher showing up and causing havoc in the team would be a terrific Torchwood adventure. I think the only thing is, okay, one coat jealousy. I can see that. Yes. happening. Definitely. This Billy Butcher might be the only person Jack knows in his history who he hasn't slept with, because I don't mm-hmm. think I, I can't. I you know I can't imagine Billy being that flexible in the boudoir department. I just can't. Well, he's very loyal to his wife. Too. And, well, that's also that as well. That's but true. But I can see that's Jack true. just endlessly uh, ribbing him. Uh, yeah, throughout and the whole adventure. There's a lot of odd. Is odd couple the right comparison? Yes. There's, yeah. the, there's that kind of vibe going on there because it's like a lethal weapon kind of yeah, yeah weird partners vibe the thing is I can see Billy making a few off off colour remarks about Jack's sexuality and that you'd have to make also sure true. your game setting is in the right vibe for that you know again yeah. B- Billy Butcher and Captain Jack after dark would be you know it'd be a post watershed TV show I think yeah yeah you're not getting that uh that's not a family-friendly show. Yeah, no, exactly. Although I, I do have to say, I think, um, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, rest in peace, Elizabeth Sladen, of course, but a Sarah Jane Adventures where the kids bump into Billy Butcher on an adventure would be extremely funny. Oh my God. That'd be it. A, would that... be very funny. <laughs> like, there's just no other way around it. You know, the kids are tracking down some alien in a supermarket and they bump into Billy Butcher in the liquor section. Like, it just, there's so much dumb fun you could have with that. It would be and like, interesting. The would big it? bright. Yeah. Yeah, just visually, I think it would be like you were saying earlier with Billy and Homelander. Like the Sarah Jane Adventures always had this like really kind of lovely kind of pastel palette, and just this big towering figure in a black coat, like grumming, you know, gr- grunging around in the background would, would just be really very <laughs> funny. I, I, I it, yeah, the, the idea is just really it make it. it it charms the heck out of me. I just like the idea of the whole episode being a wash with beep, 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 oh, yeah, every word yeah, of Billy Butcher's yeah. dialogue. <laughs> and like, you're, yeah. what is he actually saying? I mean, yeah, there's you're, there's uh, no connective verbs or anything going on in that sentence. There's no, ne- well, then, you know, we're getting the odd noun of like, fist, hand, the. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> that's about all you get from him. So, yeah. Bro. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. Yeah, or like so, you know, the only other thing I could, the only twist I could put on that is possibly, for some reason, um, he owes Sarah Jane a huge favor. Oh and, yes, and she calls yes. it in and says, "You are going to help me on this mission, but you are going to be polite and no nice. swearing, no swearing. <laughs> that would be incredible. No excessive violence in front of the kids, and he's got to conduct himself like a perfect gentleman. And you can see by the end of the episode." He's as he's, he's let's like just for the sake of costume. He's wearing like a bright red Hawaiian shirt, and by the end of the episode, his his face is as red as the shirt. Oh because yeah, because he's bottling everything up. So um, oh, it'd be perfect. And yeah. then the end of the adventure, you know, Sarah gives him a little peck on the cheek, and he goes on his way, and it's just like very pleasant. That's wonderful. Yeah, that would be oh, really good. Here's the, here you go. She's old friends with Becca, and yes, there you go. There's the connection there straight oh, away. That's There's the episode. Good. There's the connection. Yeah, Sarah investigated. Sergey investigated Vought at some point. They bumped yeah. into him. Oh, there's there's a lot of fun to be There's had loads there. of stuff there. Yeah, exactly. And just exactly. like Billy Butcher making fun of K9 for five solid minutes. There you go. Just, it'd, be, it'd be BAFTA-worthy television. Yeah. Or, or, or you do the twist that for some reason he loves K9. <laughs> he thinks K9 is charming as hell. Yeah, yeah. That would be very good. That was because like, he loves dogs. Oh yeah, okay. exactly. And that what you do That's is you've good. got he when when they're alone, he's really nice to K9. The moment a kid walks in or anyone else, he's like, "Screw you, Tin Dog. You're rubbish. You're a piece of crap." And he goes back to his, you know, the PG version of himself. But then he acts like he hates the dog. But as soon as they're gone, he's like, "Sorry, K9. I didn't mean that. You're a good dog." And you see, he's oh, you sweet boy. He's got like a ball. He gives him. Oh yeah. He gives Kane a squeaky toy. It'd be heaven. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, we've all these doctors to get through now, right? Yeah, we've right. got these. Right. Well, I think some of them are going to be, he'll hate him and we'll, won't take long. But yeah, so, I don't imagine one or two really, really getting involved with this guy. Now, now <laughs> here's the thing. It. Before we start, what do you think? Now, obviously, everyone will have to decide it's their own campaign. But Billy Butcher hates soups, right? What's his mm-hmm. attitude towards aliens? What do you think? Do you think it would be equally as sort of hate-filled and xenophobic? Because if if we sort of like conjure a baseline for him, he might well have a love-hate relationship with all of the doctors straight away because you might look like us, but you're not one of us. 
the same way the soups look like us, but they're not one of us. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's definitely going to be an instant tension there. I don't think he'd get along terribly well with, you know, the the more alien quote unquote uh, doctors like the fourth doctor or the sixth doctor. Mm. Um, but then again, I could I could see him having a good time with with the Capaldi doctor or the twelfth doctor. Well, let's um, let's let's case by case it. Let's go. Let's yeah. do it. Let's tack it. So the first doctor, crotchety old man guy who becomes cuddly by the end. I just don't see them having a good time. No, I, I, I feel like he might feel the first Doctor's a bit useless because he's so old and like he, he, he wouldn't want to worry about protecting Grandpa from the Daleks, kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, he just he'd be really uh, crotchety and terrible about the old man's stupid box and just like he, yeah, he'd make a bunch of jokes about it being an outhouse. Like I just yeah, I don't see him really having a lot of. I don't, yeah, I don't see Billy having a lot of repartee with anybody until you get to the third Doctor, which is the first time I've ever found anything interesting in, with the third Doctor, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, oh my God. Uh, I just, what? yeah, the whole grounded on Earth thing, who cares? But in, in this case, it would be very cool. Um, well, we don't know which appearance this is for you, Mike, but I do know it's your last appearance for saying that. So, Well, time to go. With the first Doctor, I, I think if you're now, remember, you're running a Doctor Who role-playing game, not a boys' role-playing game. So I think... Of course. I think what you would have to do is demonstrate that the Doctor is immeasurably smarter than Billy Butcher to, to mm-hmm. sort of balance it out. I think you'd really need to play up the intellect. That's the, like the one bit of advice I would really give for GMs out there regarding if you're going to have Billy Butcher with the first Doctor, which I just love the idea of. Yeah, I could see something like the War Machines where Vought has some... Um other thing they're into other than oh, the soups that Billy's good. investigating. That's you know, good. like yeah. weird drones or death robots or I just did like in general the first doctor versus Homelander or the soups or like people with laser eyes. I just it doesn't it he's, doesn't he's like a sixty sci fi guy. You need a robot. You need I don't know, a big monster yeah. thing. Absolutely. Well you, you know what mix and match? You can have a soup who can control robots. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like yeah, a techno yeah. mage kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't think he'd get on with any of the First Doctor's companions. No. You know, I keep I keep picturing him flirting with the companions just to annoy people, but then Billy Butcher in the TV yeah. show doesn't really do that because he's still loyal to his wife. Uh, yeah, I could so, see him doing that to mess with Ian, though. Like, uh, it, no, it would be uh, funny if Barbara and Billy got along really well. For whatever reason. Like he's super polite to her. Yeah, because I, I can feel in the little bit we get of Billy's family in the TV show, I could see him having sort of a familial vibe with, with Barbara hmm. um, and that really messing with Ian. Like I like that. There, Yeah, okay. There's something there. Uh, sure. I, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> see, I, I just, I really thought of him flirting with Susan to annoy the first doctor myself, but... Yeah. No, also, you're, you're, fa- yeah. Also, but, but. okay. So, second Just being doctor. a generally terrible dad around her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, uh, second doctor, the clown. Now, yeah, now that I'm thinking about companions, the second doctor is more interesting because Jamie and Billy Butcher is instantly really fun. That would be well. They'd either bond or be two tigers on a hill hating each other. Exactly. It, it's yeah. it's it would be magnetic either way. It'd be great to watch either way. And then the second doctor having to like try and be the you know the glue mm. that holds them together you know it, that's that's where you get your story tension and yeah that's, exactly and I also like, like the joy of two two guys who just want to like run off and stab the thing 
trying to be contained by the doctor and you know either victoria or zoe or or whoever they're with at the time is it, it's it it is very funny uh as as a thought of just the second doctor being like no stop stop stabbing that no don't do that no stop doing that um having oh, so to be okay. like the mom yeah. of the boys is, is kind of yeah, 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 exactly. He, I, the second doctor being forced to be slightly serious, which he clearly doesn't like doing. So, yeah, it, yeah, the, the second doctor having to be the adult in the situation is there's, there's, that's interesting. That gets me interested in that. There, yeah, I think yeah. also I, I just feel like he would tease Zoe for her spangly outfit a lot. Oh yeah, he'd, he'd just be merciless, and, and Victoria in her dresses or or. Or anybody like that. And again, he'd get in the console room and be like, what is this? Like, did yeah. a car phone warehouse explode? What is going on here? I just, yeah, um, just regarding the TARDIS quickly, I just feel like if he had an extended use of it, he would just use it as a massive weapon storage cabinet. There'd be piles of guns everywhere after a while. Yeah, it'd be terrible. Yeah, Billy's room would, yeah, you can't go in there. There's a bear trap in front of it. It's, <laughs> it'd be extremely dangerous. Yeah. Can you imagine how frustrated it would be with a state of temporal grace if the weapons didn't work in there? He can't test anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, so third Doctor, again, I don't. Th- uh, uh, there's a military aspect. I think he would look at the third Doctor and think, Ponce, your military, your yeah. officer class, I don't like you. Yeah, again, I think like a young Billy versus the sort of general upper crust uh, Ponciness, like you said, of mm. of the third Doctor of unit, uh, third Doctor era of unit would be really interesting because there aren't. There aren't really a lot of grunts in that era, um, but like Billy and Yates could be really fun, mm. um, and and Liz Shaw having to deal with Billy Butcher would could be quite funny. Especially if you said it before he's married, you could have a lot yes. of fun. Yes. Yeah. Again, I think That'd I think great. the Unit era would be since it's you know the seventies or the eighties. We could just kind of say the eighties and do like like this is early adventures of Billy Butcher and Unit I think would be I mean there's a there's a big finish box set for you absolutely absolutely and the thing is you can also have this be this you could kind of uh, have the doctor be the catalyst for his dislike of things that are not human in that you could say mm. you know oh we don't we should be just defending the earth we don't need this alien lardy dar with his frilly hair and his frilly shirts yeah, generally, you know, th- what the Brigadier talks about in Spearhead of, like, we keep sending all these messages out and now all this stuff is coming. Billy could also connect that to the Doctor being here. They're all coming for this guy. Like, it's, it's, it's but you know, he could personalize that down. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, number four. Hmm. I don't think they're getting along terribly well. I don't think that's going to be a, it's going to be a limited partnership, shall we say. Yeah, I think it... If, if it were to follow in a, in a linear series, I think the fourth doctor would prove everything Billy thought incorrectly or correctly about the, the third doctor, Definitely. like in his head. It, it, it wouldn't, there's nothing about the fourth doctor that I think further endears the doctor to Billy. Yeah, that's going to be a tough Same one. with five, really. Like, Billy and the fifth doctor are not getting along. It's no, not going to happen. Kind of a similar vibe to. The third Doctor, I think, in the, the upper crust, mm-hmm. the, the posh element would put him off straight away. The fact that he's very overtly, perhaps the most overt pacifist amongst all the Doctors. Yeah. In his way, even though he was going to shoot Davros that one time, but, you know, he didn't do it, so... But, um, I mean, needs must when it's, when it's Davros. Get out of well, here. yeah, I was going to say... That guy's the worst. He's, he's almost literally a sitting duck, so... I say. Uh, 
but the but also weirdly enough the fifth doctor's adventures have got the highest body count so you could drop him in as a unit soldier imagine if ah here we go here's another catalyst room hey, <laughs> that's true yeah the fifth doctor complaining about billy just sla- wholesale slaughtering people for an hour well think about would it be great this actually might even be a better catalyst from hating non-humans than the third doctor you drop billy in as a young unit soldier in oh god which one is it resurrection or revelation resurrection of the daleks the highest body count ever of doctor who you have him go through that you have it be one of his early missions and after that he's like no they've got to go no non-humans kind of a thing that's that's quite a good origin story for billy butcher in the doctor who universe yeah, and, and the Fifth Doctor, at least in Billy's eyes, you know, he didn't make anything better. Um, so there's, it, it would, it could lead him to be even more polarized against aliens generally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, what do you think about number six? Not really sure about this one. Not going to go great. Um, but again, that kind of um, character tension thing. I think six Evelyn and Billy would be a very fun time. Um, I think Billy Butcher, I, I think Evelyn Smythe would bring out the softness in Billy in that way we, we very rarely see. Um, like a mother substitute. Kind of a, yeah, like he's got that great relationship with his, I think his aunt, um, who keeps his dog um, in, in the show. Uh, I could see, because, you know, Evelyn's got that kind of British matronly aunt sort of mm. thing. Like I could see them, I could see her bringing out the soft side in him. And again, the, the funny thing about all of these, the stories I'm imagining are like the doctors tend to be like a passenger on the trip because I, I it's really the companions who I think are bringing out the different things in, in Billy. But mm-hmm. yeah, like blue coat era six and Evelyn with, with butcher, like taking out robots or something would be great. Yeah, again, I think he would just make a lot of lewd remarks about Perry. So probably best to avoid her. Oh yeah. Not a good idea. Um, and, and all the various other audio companions, I don't see him getting along with terribly. There's not the, you know, the cop one and the, the other yeah. cop one. Oh God. Um, and definitely not, uh, Mel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. None of the Mel's are going to work very well for Billy no. Butcher. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, you could maybe do something. I don't know where each of the characters is from, so please forgive me, actual citizens of the United Kingdom. But you could do... Uh, it would be funny to do a gag where, like, Billy and Flip are from the same town or something. <laughs> so they have some kind of, like, weird, you know, weird near-miss kind of thing. Like, that would yeah. be... That could be really fun. Like, Which is a good you know, point, because... because uh, Billy Butcher is, is very clearly a uh, he's from the east end of London he's a, he's a sort of cockney type okay. okay and so he could conceivably live reasonably close to Rose Tyler I know we haven't come on to her yet but there's oh, quite a few hey. London companions so um, yeah well, we'll, that's we'll, we'll, cool we'll, 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 we'll get to that clearly so, um, so now Seven now I had a different take on Seven than you did I think so please give us yours first I think they'd get along. Um, that's one of those things where they're too similar. I think they would have a real clash of, of, you know, personalities until they got a better understanding of each other. And, uh, you know, and it's one of those things where, I, you know, he and Ace, that's, that's like peanut butter and chocolate. They're perfect. Like, that's a great time. And then over time, I can see Billy warming up to seven. Like, it'd be a great 
it, that like that group of characters is the one that I think of all the doctors I'm most interested in, and not just like not just because I love Ace and Seven, but because um, I think they'd all really hit it off. You know, Ace with her you know Nitro Nine and Billy being like that's diabolical. Like they'd have a great time together. See now, now here's the thing. Uh, so I, I'm picturing. I don't know why this is sort of conjured into my head. So let's say we have young Billy Butcher for unit revelation of the uh, <coughs> resurrection of the Daleks he's witnessed all that bloodshed he's lying there in the blood and awful of his own friends and what have you suddenly so he's not seen the tar- let's say he's not seen the TARDIS yeah the, hmm. the tar- then the TARDIS appears and this short little man in like a brown jacket and check trousers and everything and an umbrella with this young girl step out and he says do you want to make sure this never happens anywhere else ever again in the universe and he yeah. says yes he goes on board the TARDIS and the seventh doctor who you know knows the future and is the master planner trains Billy in his image to make him like an ersatz seventh doctor on earth to deal yeah. with the upcoming Vought American corporation who he knows he's going to wreck the earth if someone doesn't stop it and it's all a sort of long term plan and Billy being smart twigs to this but doesn't care and, and you can even if you really want to if you're going to weave them into the seventh doctor have billy butcher be dropped off in the 26th century with ace with those space marines the training to mm-hmm. fight daleks specifically so doc, the doctor can bring him back to earlier in the timeline trained up to fight superhuman creatures and know how to use advanced tech so he's got a, an added advantage when he forms the boys to fight for and homeland and all those guys yeah, he knows this whole other layer of stuff that everybody thinks is fiction. I, I mean, I love that. Like, that feels really Virgin New Adventures. Mm. Like, that makes the boys like a spinoff in a, in a really cool way. Like, I, I yeah, I love that. Um, I could also see it, like, that, that era of Big Finish where the Seventh Doctor had the black and white TARDISes. Like, Billy as a secret companion. Absolutely. Doing, yeah. like, gamesman stuff. Oh, my God, um, there's, a, there's a TARDIS, but it's Hawaiian shirt colored because it's that's <laughs> yeah, Billy. yeah like he's got yeah he's got another one he's got another offshoot tardis and he's got like his wet works team like th- th- i i can see billy as specifically like a seventh doctor kind of secret darker companion exactly yeah uh eight. Oh boy um oh, i don't dep- really mm. There's so much breadth to eight now that I mean early. Yeah, which eight, eight are we not. talking about? Yeah, which eight are we talking about? Is the closer to Night of the Doctor avoiding the Time War eight? Now, now we're cooking with gas because I think you could really do, um, you know, play up the the sort of battle shocked veteran aspect of both of them. True, but um, the, the Eighth Doctor is still seeking to avoid war, whereas Billy is fighting a war. So mm-hmm. uh, you'd, you'd have you'd have the chemistry might be Billy constantly saying doctor go and you know fight you've got to fight this war you've got to fight this war and the eighth doctor eventually getting sick of him maybe and dropping him off back on earth where he then becomes the Billy Butcher we know perhaps Mm -hmm. you know yeah Billy Butcher tired of again like the doctor's non-interference um yeah could be a catalyst it's true you'd have to or or (laughs) if you're using Big Finish and you have the Doctor going back to the second Dalek invasion of Earth and Billy Butcher's somehow time displaced fighting Daleks there you know maybe you could mix him in oh, there because yeah. I just feel like 
The Eighth Doctor never wants to fight fight, and Billy always does. So it's yeah, it'd be an interesting it's dynamic. It's kind of compatible. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, but the Ninth Doctor, you know, I think Billy during World War Three, like that episode with the Ninth Doctor and Rose, would be yeah, that would be epic. Good. It would yeah. be magnificent especially um, if he's like <laughs> i can picture a scene now all the slovene unzip themselves and then one of the unit soldiers unzips himself and it's and it's billy butcher <laughs> and he was in yeah. disguise as well yeah. waiting for them to reveal that's perfect yes yeah yeah he, i just think he would pretty seamlessly fit in the milieu of that season yeah the night uh, doctor season i think it's, it's particularly the london stuff i think it'd be he could just slip right in It'd be very funny. No, like Boomtown with Billy Butcher would would be incredible. Like it'd, it'd be, be so funny. <laughs> I think it, you'd, um, you'd always have to. Well, I think with any of these, uh, where we're slipping him into the the Doctor Who narrative, you have to curb his violence because his first reaction is always to kill. Yeah, yeah. The Doctor would would sonic all of his guns off or something like that. Something like um, that. Or you'd, or, or you'd need to give him an. A, a generic sci-fi weapon that you can blast something to merry hell but it won't kill them or just knock them down a lot but it looks impressive you know yeah he and Jack uh, maybe it's the first time he and Jack meet they compare notes on the squareness blaster hmm. um, all his weird sonic guns and then by the end Billy's like I no I need a I need a proper gun get out and of the, here and there you go there's the episode title a square peg in a round hole <laughs> moving on to uh yeah. <laughs> Very quickly, uh, please. I think for the Tenth Doctor, the most obvious thing to do is just jam him in the Time Lord Victorious. It's working for them now. So yeah, yeah. Everything else seems. Billy's to there. there. He's fighting yeah. the Daleks or whatever. I don't know. I don't. You, you need the Tenth Doctor at a reasonably low ebb to take on Billy Butcher, really. To tolerate. Yeah, I, I'd like like a as as fun as um, Billy and Rose would be. I think Ten and Donna, like the season four era bumping into Billy Butcher would be good. Um, alternatively, like season three, uh, him realizing the machinations of, of Harold Saxon. Oh, like, that would be great. You could Especially do kind if you of a said stealth it in the alternate timeline. Right yeah, yeah. If, yeah. You said it, if you say it in that alternate timeline, you can have Billy Butcher go hog wild. As a yeah, he, he goes, he's got to go home again to save the UK from this, yeah. this what he sees as a soup. And because he's gets, got Indomitable, you can have him resist the... Archangel satellite system, so he can fight the master. Yeah, it's because he's he's been trained against something something techno babble. Imagine that. Yeah, you've per- got there's a spin-off, the boys versus the master in that alternate universe. That'd be an awesome story. That would be good. There's a big finish box set. Yeah, there's your. That's like an Age of Apocalypse, Days of Future Past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so They're big finish. Fun. If you want to contact us, we're giving you so many ideas here. Yeah, just hand me money. I actually just it. give us money, and we'll talk to you. Hand for yeah. me money. Yes, that's the very polite uh, way of saying show me the money. You've gone very British there. Hand me the money, sir. Please, I can't, I can't place hear you. Place the money into my palm. Thank hand, you. Hand me the money. Please hand me the money. Um, if, you, if you could, please. If you were to pass me that money, uh, all right. Eleventh <laughs> uh, Doctor is tricky. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. The thing is, if the Eleventh Doctor could make Billy Butcher laugh, I think that would help. Weirdly enough, if he laughed at the Eleventh Doctor straight away, and you sort of break the ice right off from the from the bat, I think yeah. you could conjure something there. Yeah, I could see the, the funny thing is like just Billy. I don't know. Eleven and the boys, very funny. Mm. Um, 
Eleven, Amy and Rory and the boys and like Starlight's there, like late era the boy, like season two the boys. Yeah. Um, and then you have Rory. Fa- you together. have Rory fancy Starlight, and so Amy starts flirting with. I don't know. Well, anybody. I it mean, could, <laughs> it could be Huey because Huey is an early Rory type, isn't he? He's a very yeah. Rory archetypal mold. Yeah, you could see, and then like parallel that Huey and Rory getting on really well yeah. and like trading life lessons and similarly and then, Amy and yeah. Starlight getting on really well and trading life lessons I don't know. one I of think... those two couples have got to hate each other though if Rory and uh, oh, I... Huey get on Amy and Starlight have to hate each other I think or vice versa one of the two yeah I, I can only see Amy like really really digging Starlight and, and Huey and Rory feeling like like uh, 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 obsolete you know yeah like well, we that would be a funny that, vibe to explore we know amy has her sapphic side so yeah precisely so, yeah so okay well there um, you go then so if you've got a sitcom on board the tardis then they all fit that's a yeah i could see that's the funny thing about 11 is like just him and billy i don't see it the whole ensemble that's gold like yeah. that's a good time and and I you know eleven and Clara would be fine, but I always think of Clara more as a twelfth Doctor companion. Yeah. But Clara and the boys would be very funny as well. <laughs> I could see her having a great time with That'd them. That'd be interesting. Um, I, I, Clara and Kimiko would be particularly interesting. Do you think they'd get on? I don't know. I do. I do. Interesting. I think it would be difficult to start, but first of all, I think Clara would know. She would know enough sign language to be able to communicate with her right off the bat. Because mm. Clara's, I think, you know, she's she's an educator first and foremost. I think she's really, um, you know, she's like very, to me at least, I don't know, other people may not feel this way. She's like fiercely interested in learning stuff. She's got mm-hmm. that educational side of her or educator side of her that I think is like a key part of that character, at least in the 12 era. Um so yeah, I could see her getting on really well with particularly Kimiko. I don't think Clara and Billy would be very good friends with Clara and like yeah. Frenchie. I think her and Mother's Milk would love each other because they're both, you know, invested in kids, like invested in, in That's true. youth. Um, I'm just going to yeah. say quickly, I always thought Clara and Kimiko would hate each other because Clara is very into her looks and she's very much used mm. to being the prettiest girl in the room. And I think Kamiko, pre pre her makeover, I think she'd get on with her well. But once she actually looks like she's washed and stuff, I have the feeling Clara would be bitterly jealous of how pretty Kamiko is. I just oh they they oh they would have to do oh god I don't want to be a real boy about it, but the two of them doing like a makeover scene would be really yeah. funny. This is, Kimiko and Clara shopping would be hilarious. Like <laughs> that would be very good. Going the universe and the various different. <laughs> Not to be a real things. boy about it, but the shopping That's a, montage. A boy rather than the boy. Yeah, like the the girls get it done shopping montage would be really fun. Oh my god! Um, yeah. Well, you know something. Time. Bear in mind, she is the. Um, <laughs> What was Clara's thing when she was displaced across time and space? Oh, the impossible girl. Yeah, impossible girl. She could yeah. be, she could be a soup in the boys' universe. Yeah, yeah. She could. So, a parallel Clara. That would be yeah. interesting. It would be twelve, and the boys running into a parallel Clara because yeah, yeah. that would mess twelve up. Definitely. So definitely. It, it would it would offset him in a way that would you know, really be interesting for character stuff, particularly interacting with Billy and the other guys. You know. 
Well, okay, let, that brings mm. us on to 12 quite nicely. Yes. So, uh, uh, here, uh, early 12 for me with Billy is a paradox, just quickly, because whilst I think they've got similar attitudes towards fighting evil and getting the job done and not caring about being nice, early 12 had a real problem with military types. So, yes. if he knows Billy's a military type, it might be, uh-uh, but... Yeah, I could see... Yeah, for me, I I would definitely put this in, like, the Dr. Disco 12 era. um, Because I could see them really... Like, they'd forget to take care of the actual problem because they'd just go to the pub. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I could see, like, that... Series 9, 10, kind of Billy, and... uh, Series 9 and 10, uh, 12, uh, rather, and Billy. Like, Like, Professor... 12 i think yeah like has a, a a regular night out with billy or something well here's an episode pitch for you there's an adult learning annex to whatever university the 12th doctor was <laughs> st john's at. or whatever yeah yes yeah. Yeah, all of the boys go undercover as students trying to blend in because they've heard about possible soup or alien depending on how literally you've been with the boys oh, that's infestation good. and so they're all yeah, like invert school reunion that's cool yeah and so, yeah, and they investigate, and Billy starts to like the cut of the Twelfth Doctor's jib, not realizing he's the alien just yet, and he likes the way he teaches. You know. Oh, he'd love the he'd love the meandering uh, speeches. I think yeah. he'd be taken away by that. Actually, you so, think he'd hate it, but he'd be like, "This guy's got it." <laughs> That'd be the go. funniest way to do that. Bill and Billy. Well, there you go. Enough said. Um, Bill has a fondness for well okay not not because she's a lesbian but she takes a shine to Kamiko because she's shy and Bill is quite shy and hides a lot under a bushel as well and there's there's a bonding thing there straight away oh yeah yeah I can see Bill getting along like the other thing too is Bill wouldn't take any of of Billy Butcher's crap no like their dynamic would be really funny because I think Billy would try and do his usual charming thing and Bill would be like I, I could see right through you man stop that yeah, exactly. like that is very fun. Whereas I could see twelve like kind of getting taken away by it. It's yeah, yeah. There's a dynamic yeah. there that's really fun. And of course, they've both um, been through war, so they could bond over that just very simply. Yeah, I, you know, I'm also just thinking you could do a, a really fun one-off where the twelfth Doctor has to go take care of something, so he has Billy watch the vault with <laughs> Missy in it for like a week. I thought you were going to say have Billy be take over his lectures. Oh Lord, no, no, that'd be a terrible idea. But but also that would be pretty funny. That you would could be do good. that. Uh, to, can you be my substitute for like a weekend? Because um, that I think like Billy and Missy talking, even through the door, yeah. I think they would hit it off more than either of them would want to admit. That would be a, that would be a lethal cocktail if they actually got together in a TARDIS. So yeah, Billy and Missy together would be awesome. Um, that there's you know what big finish there's your like missy volume five or ten or whatever there you get go carl urban in. yeah we'll give you carl urban's phone number if you get in contact with us yeah i mean they've had by then they'll have had river on like four or five times uh, you know what speaking of that billy and river song would be quite funny now again i think it would be more fun if you had one adventure with just billy and then you brought the boys on because i yeah. mean obviously river's a huge flirt but there's a lot you could do there, I think. With all yeah, River and the whole team. That's you're right. That's that's that the good, good stuff. 
Yeah. See, the thing is, I keep wanting to pair Billy up with different companions and things like that, but obviously he never will. So it's because he's out of character. Mm. Unless you sort of do early Billy, but which is an origin story but you, you need to get to broken billy before you get to the good stuff i think so yeah the only way i'm interested uh, generally like i'm not really an origin story prequel guy but young billy butcher in unit would be cool that would be good that's that my exception good. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know uh, billy butcher like firing a sniper rifle with a zygon that's that's pretty cool i'm in oh, man oh, tell me God. more and the, and the zygon foolishly thinks no one will take him on if he disguises himself as the homelander but oh man there you go. He's called down the thunder. So yeah, Billy Butcher's like, oh, finally a homelander I can punch. Well, actually, no. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Let's recalibrate a second. Do the Zygons take on all the traits of the people they emulate? Because if they do, there's a plot. The Zygons come to Earth specifically to take Homelander and make an army of Homelanders to invade the Earth and the rest of the universe with. Yeah, they could do. Hmm. That's mm. an interesting story. Because what would Compound V do to a Zygon? Well, there there's you go. a lot there's of stuff there. Story. This is like we're we're hitting like RoboCop Terminator. We like this yeah. is the perfect nexus of stuff smashing into each other territory. We're we're, we're mining platinum here. Come on. We're, yeah, we're, we're really is... yeah we're mining the coltan on this one, man. Exactly. Okay, right. So all that cell phone money. <laughs> um, the thirteenth Doctor again. Uh, just I I don't see her. Not really. And Billy getting on terribly well. Not really. Um, there's not a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think she has the same energy as like Starlight. So the way that she interacts with the team, the team interacts with her would be, I think, kind of comparative. Um, so I could see like Huey being kind of taken away by her energy um, and maybe 13 trying to help uh, Frenchie and, you know, be able to communicate with Kimiko and, and, Again, I think 13 and Mother's Milk would get on really well. It's like just the Billy of it all. Like, he's not, he doesn't have any time for her. I just don't see it. (laughs) You would need, like, and like, he's going to see too much of his dad and Graham, and like, Ryan and and, and Yaz aren't going to take any of their crap. Like, it's, it's true. The, 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 the teams would be at, at really interesting loggerheads, I think. Well, if and, nothing else, um, the 13th Doctor's plans never work. They always fail instantly. They're always terrible plans lately. Oh, th- and, and Billy would be just like, no, you moron. Why don't you do this kind of a thing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it would be the thing of like the 13th Doctor would, you know, oh, we've we've solved Space Amazon and all the workers get two weeks off and let's walk away back to the TARDIS. And as she walks away, there's like a pink mist where the CEO's head used to be. And in the distance, Billy's like, got him. Yeah, exactly. Like that would be the end of that adventure. Like well, if nothing it else, would be like, very different. In that one, it'd be like, oh, you're letting this, this AI that killed a guy to make a point, you're letting it live, yeah? No, I don't think so. No, thanks. Like, yeah, I'm just not seeing it. Are you some of that Nitro 9 I stole from Ace when I was with the Seventh Doctor? Yeah, it, it'd be, it would be one of those adventures where like you think everything's worked out and everything's going to be fine and everybody's going home and then Billy detonates the villain as a as the Thirteenth Doctor is walking away and it's like <laughs> no no now it's fine let's go home now like it's, that yeah. it would be one of those kind yeah. of deals. God, imagine the, that spider episode how the, the bloodbath mm-hmm. that would be. So you um, just put them in a closet. That's it. They're there. They're all there. All right, whatever. Yeah. It's like, they, I get that problem with a lot of series death. 11, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. There's okay, a lot right. of bad guys who get to just, like, go home. <laughs> they get to just, like, continue their lives. Like, what the hell? I know, I know. What's what? going on? 
fun. Well, here you go. Here's a, here's a spin-off pitch. Billy Butcher and the boys clean up squad. They follow the yeah. um, 13th Doctor around, cleaning up her messes by destroying everything she leaves alive or just to linger. Yeah, it's boys. Yeah, she hires the boys. Uh, okay, so to, to finish off, <laughs> should we do the War Doctor? Or is that really on the nose? I mean, I think the War Doctor has been, and, and please forgive me for the, uh, the pun I'm making here, done to death. Um, so I just let him rest. Wait, you could make that joke about every Doctor, technically, because they've all died. Technically. That's true, but I mean, so, you know, I think... <sighs> yeah. You think that the World Doctor is an exhausted me, reservoir? I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get a little personal and opinionated here, so please forgive me. I think Young War Doctor is like a bridge too far. Um, hmm. I find that really. I, maybe it'll be good. I'm not sure. I'm John worried. Hurt did too good of a job, I think. In the space yeah, exactly. of like 90 minutes, he absolutely encapsulated a whole character. And his box sets are incredible. Like, yeah. he is the best part of those box sets by far. Um, and I just, I don't know if trying to do the war doctor without the war doctor is the right move um but anyway you know if we're in the realm of like cool fiction space the war doctor i think is like too obvious a fit for billy and the boys i, I was kind of thinking that as well it's like a little a, bit on the nose like, like i said yeah like uh, they i think they would work pretty seamlessly together i think the war doctor would be able to get through the adventure without revealing his identity you know he'd be like john smith or mm. jeff smith or whatever um and and it would be like a lot of eye winking kind of nudge nudge but I, there's just no reason for it honestly um and and we don't know enough about the fugitive doctor for me to really make an assessment there <laughs> no let's let's but, not, let's, let's um, just got great style and i think that have fun but i just don't know yeah but yeah i think yeah war doctor a bit too obvious a fit yeah, yeah it just it's too yeah it's it yeah i just think it's too good it's like chocolate and chocolate like i like chocolate but what's going on where's there's a, no there's no tension you know there doesn't really feel like there'd be any for me the joy of smashing characters up is like them not meshing completely the the only twist i can think of that you might get a tiny bit of mileage out of for like an episode or two is the war doctor helps billy butcher escape from let's say homelander for the sake of argument a certain death mm. he helps him get away in the tardis and you know the time the doctor is fighting the time war and and then you the tension is billy wants to get back to fighting vort and homelander and the war doctor saying no i need your help fighting this larger war and that's the tension. Yeah, but I mean... But even that's one episode two, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that ends with, like, Billy going back to his war with Vaught. Like, I just don't yeah, see... Exactly. Um, you could do... I mean, I could see... If we were in the big finish box set world again, like, um, like Cardinal Lystra sends the War Doctor to retrieve Compound V, this, this, and that. But, like, I don't care. I'm good. Yeah, it's like teaming Billy Butcher up with Absalom Dark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't... Um, the way that a lot of the other doctors sparked for me, for some reason, just like Billy and the War Doctor is like, all right, okay, yeah, it's funny. It, yeah, there's yeah, like you said, there's no friction there particularly, but it's like, like yeah. I said, it's like teaming up Billy Butcher with Absalom Dark. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're just gonna shoot stuff. They're just it's gonna, gonna be a great. Yeah, time, yeah, yeah. But maybe have a beer, have a beer and a high five, and that's it. So. Yeah. But I think Absalom Doc would even be more interesting because Doc has the shared history of like, you know, wife-related tragedy fueling oh his quest God. for revenge. Like they there would have. Wait, that's that's that is more fan. Like fanfic. Billy and Doc is way more interesting to me than Billy and the War that's Doctor, true, which is is yeah. wild. 
but like, and Billy Butcher with a chain sword? <laughs> he'd be having the time of his oh, life. Dear. Get out of here. I mean, that, that's, that, like, right, that strikes me more as like a, a one-off, maybe big Finnish audio yeah. or fan fiction short story where they're, they're in a bar somewhere reminiscing about their wives and their wars, but... Yeah, strangely, Billy Butcher gets zapped to Dalek Empire is more interesting than Billy Butcher gets zapped in the yeah, Time War that's true. for me. That's true. But you know, your mileage may vary. Well, yeah. Well, I think we've we've covered Billy Butcher in encyclopedic and exhausting detail there, and to say nothing of the multiple spin-offs we've generated. So, um, if anyone at Amazon Prime or BBC wants or Big Finish wants to contact us, we've used the whole Billy. We're we're expert butchers here. Yeah. You've got Crisis and Infinite Billies. Secret Billies. Um, you replace Clara with Billy. Infinite Billy crisis. You have the, um, uh. the uh, impossible Billy. Yeah, there you go. Final Butcher. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Butcher Empire crisis. Strikes Billy, Return the of the Billy. Star Wars and <laughs> New Billy, the Phantom Billy. The Rise of Sky Billy. Revenge of the um, Billy's a little bit on the nose, but you know. Yeah, that... You might get censored. The, the last one. Billy. Well, thank you very much Never enough uh, for joining me because we, we've, we've got to stop now because we will keep going with this. Yes, it is uh, as as Billy Butcher, indomitable. I love the character and I love talking the game with you, man. So it's always fun. Uh, evidently, we'll be generating David Haller, the main character from Legion and the X-Men comics at some point in the future. So join us for that. Uh, Michael. That'll be fun. Uh, thank you for joining me here in the TARDIS. Is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, yes. Please, please, please check out uh, at Rassilon Pod on the various socials media. That's for the game of Rassilon. Uh, again, I have no idea when this is coming out or when I am or what time is anymore. Uh, but we've uh, we've got a Doctor Who special for 2020 coming out that's Recursion of the Daleks. It's got two Doctors, the homeworld of the Daleks, uh, a lot of Ben doing Dalek voices, and they are fantastic at it. Um, so yeah, please check us out. Uh, we'll also be launching a Patreon soon with exclusive game content. Uh, we recorded our first game recently with uh, uh, Riley uh, GMing a game of Lasers and Feelings that she adapted into sort of a more Scooby-Doo style thing that we're calling the Game of Classalon, um, which is, it's going to be very fun. It's very young adult focused. I play a cat, which is awesome. I love cats. You know this. Um, so yeah, uh, the Rassilon, uh, the game of Rassilon, we are still having fun, making all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so yeah, please join us there. And uh, me personally, I'm at Michael Nixon on the various things. So yeah, usually I'm just posting pictures of my cat. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, by the time this episode comes out, you may well be on season nine. I, I, I don't know when. All I know is when am I? Who who knows? I just know that time is a flat circle. Yes, I heard that. So. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to quickly plug uh, at Decoding Life One, my um, philosophy podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like philosophy, you've got one new listener right here, man. I just downloaded. Ah, there you go. Thank you very much. I don't know when that happened, but thanks. Uh, and um, yeah, that's just about taking philosophies from around the world and making them apply to your everyday life. Yeah. So, what is time? Do, do you want to get into that now? I or? did say it was a flat circle. Did you not listen? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, you did answer me. Oh, jeez, I should, I gotta work on my listening. You're right, you're right. I'm doing my best here, but... Jeez. Okay, uh, well, we'll see you very soon. Thank you again, Michael, and uh, yes, goodbye, everyone, wherever and whenever you are. Thank you for listening to Wibbly Wobbly Dicey Wicey. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Feel free to get in touch with any questions or suggestions for future episodes, either on Facebook, by email, www.rpg at gmail.com, or by Twitter, at www.rpg. A surprise burp. Oh God, please edit that.